Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome back to the PH Nutrition Podcast. My name is Liam, I'm the owner of PH Nutrition, and I am joined today by our resident co-host, Mr. Luke Hall. Luki, how are you post-Christmas, post-New Year, recording this uh, early January? You had a good one, mate? Yeah, really, really nice one. It's good, to, it's good to be back. It was a nice break. I went back up north where the pace of life is a little bit different than obviously down here in London. Uh, nice to have someone cooking for you as well for however many weeks it was or how many days. Yeah, but it's good to be back and sort of sink my teeth into work. I think uh, everyone does. Well, everyone craves a bit of routine, don't they? Everyone craves that little bit of, uh, okay, it's great, but I actually kind of want to get back on track. And, and yeah. I want I want to get back into my routine and, and you know, get back in like say eating habits training habits you know even to an extent work habits because you know say it's nice to have that break like i said there's only so long you can do certain things for and i think you know the topic of this podcast is just, you know how your nutrition should change throughout the seasons um, we're going to unpack a little bit of periodization a little bit of kind of like say changing your nutrition intake in line with the seasons in terms of actual food intake but, you know, for me, January, you know, is a time where uh, it is getting back into a little bit of routine and it's quite a nice feeling. And what I've done just to kind of kick things off in terms of, you know, how to kind of look at nutrition over the, the different seasons is, you know, periodizing it in terms of almost quarters. It's almost taking a kind of bit more mm. of a business, business approach to, to, to things. So like quarter, you know, like Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4. And what I actually did is wrote out um, goals that I want to kind of try to or focus on throughout those throughout those different quarters. So, you know, January is definitely for me about getting back into some consistent training and building some strength. Because, you know, if, the, if you follow the podcast, I, I was very injured. <laughs> is is the best way to describe my twenty twenty three. So I didn't feel <clears throat> like I I got any consistency with my my training. So you know, the first three months is about general overall conditioning and strength you know I'm not too concerned about where my body composition goes or whatever but it is just generally kind of that focus on you know lean gains maintenance kind of calories i'm not cutting i'm not trying to put on too much thing. i'm just trying to get back into kind of some form of consistency and feel a little bit fitter from a nutrition perspective me and my wife we made a real conscious effort now to like i say just include a little bit more 
vegetables, which we'll kind of come on to now, like a little bit more color, because as a parent, you can get very lazy with with cooking and, and very quick, you know. And what we what we try to do is make a real conscious effort, you know, for the early part to, like you say, make sure that we're getting a little bit more nutrient density into our diets, mainly from that evening meal. And yeah, so far so good. So I think that's a useful tra- tactic. Is this something that you employ, bud? Like, how do you maybe set January up, or, or do you look further along, the, you know, along the line across the rest of the year? Yeah. So I, I always think January is a very interesting time in the nutrition world because, as uh, we kind of alluded to, it's a time of change for a lot of people, a time of like a new start as well. Um, and you see people kind of taking that approach. I mean, we talked about it in a couple of podcasts yeah, as well, where they kind of go hard early part of the year and they look at fat loss fat loss fat loss and then they don't necessarily have that kind of long-term plan for the year as you've kind of suggested that you lay out there as well and it's interesting that historically in winter as well there's there's a couple of studies that have looked at kind of obviously food intake but in the winter months we tend to eat more we tend to eat more for kind of a number of reasons obviously yeah. it's colder outside you get that kind of warming effect sort of thing and the fact that people kind of go and attack fat loss in a month that as a species, we tend to eat more is quite interesting to me. And I understand obviously why people do it. I understand that new new year, new me, that kind of, I'm not going to say bullshit, but that kind of approach yeah. uh, and attitude towards it. But I think taking a step back and looking at the year, not just being January, February, let's go, let's take it as it comes, but mapping it out, like you've sort of said there seasonally and, and looking at what you can attack. And and I think for me as well, that'll change kind of year on year. I mean, the title of this podcast is is... You know, should you eat seasonally? Should you eat differently for seasons? And, and there's kind of a lot of ways to kind of unpack that and look at that. You can look at obviously the types of food that you're taking on and season by season in winter, spring, autumn, summer, that kind of stuff. But I think taking your approach with the Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4 kind of almost circumnavigates that in a way where yeah. you're going to have different goals each year and you're going to have different focuses each year at each time of the year. And actually based on you know what the weather's doing outside what time of year it is we don't necessarily need to do that there's there's a little bit of evidence about the changes as i've mentioned there we we tend to eat more in winter but as for whether or not it's like a benefit to eat as with the seasons or to just map it out for yourself i think it's going to be much more beneficial for most people if they do liam like you said and take that q1 q2 q3 q4 approach yeah as opposed to oh i'm bulking for winter or cutting for summer sort of thing yeah, I I think you're right there in terms of, you know, it's a, it's a level of personalization for me, you know, rather than, oh, this is, you know, hit, like, this is what I'm meant to do, like bulk in the winter, cut in summer, that's, you know, very generic, or we, and we've done these posts or eating, you know, and we'll cover this in a little bit more detail in a minute, eating certain foods at certain times of the year because they're in, necessarily in season and wherever you live in the, in the, in the world. We're, we're going to come on to that. I just think that having this where you, you know, I've got one sentence for like each each quarter, but then in January I've mapped out a little bit more detail, you know, so it is following a program consistently. That's a, that's a target, like not missing a session. Like So the other night I went to quarter to eight in the evening because I had my day got away with me. I didn't do it. But if I didn't have that goal written down in that detail, I would have probably sacked that session off. So I do think that there's some benefits to new, not new year, new me, but just holding yourself accountable and writing out, you know, certain things. Now, 
going into Q2, mine is a little bit more about running and getting outside because it, it's can, more conducive. Like, the, you know, the weather will be a little bit better, a little bit lighter. I think a lot of people kind of fail when they try to do things like you kind of said there, where you're dieting when you eat naturally eat a little bit more. But people fail because they're trying to do things when it's just not conducive to whatever their lifestyle or situation or anything else is at this moment in time. So mapping out and periodizing it, changing your nutrition across the different time frames is going to be allowing you to kind of be beneficial. So you know, for me, that would, that would be a useful exercise for everyone to do. I think we can get, like you say, a little bit kind of caught up in you know, short term, like what do I want to achieve? And even just having some placeholders there would be kind of be very useful for people. So in terms of eating a little bit more uh, and eating through like changing your actual nutrition across those, you we, we talked about periodization a lot. You know, um, what would you advise someone then if they like, right, Luke, I want, I want to start 2024, new year, new me. I need to lose a little bit of weight. Like, is there, is there specifics that I need to kind of focus on? Do I need to map out beyond, you know, the end of, end of January or should I have this kind of short term focus and then deal with that when I get, get there, if that makes sense? Yeah. I think that there always needs to be an overarching goal in yeah. mind. And if that goal is to get to a certain weight or whatever, it's not just a case of getting to that weight. The goal should always be and then to, maintain that weight in a healthy happy way as well because the the goal of just hitting a certain number on the scales if kind of fat loss is your goal we see that once you kind of hit that and you're like well what next that's when you start kind of getting that rebound pattern where you know people like weight watchers just feed off of that that's how they make their money is people mm. getting to a certain weight because it was unsustainable and then coming back off of it and blowing up and then coming back onto weight watchers because they remember that they were successful last time sort of thing so even if your goal is very much a numbers-based one on fat loss and I want to get down to this weight and I want to look this way, the aftermath still needs to be thought of and you kind of need to plan for that as well, I always think. Yeah. Um, and it's something that we kind of look at anyway in our six-week plans, for example. Like yeah, we always having a next step. Those feeds uh, as well where you take yeah. and take up a little bit and you always have that conversation of what's happening next, what afterwards and how do you make it as, well as possible too. Obviously, for a lot of people, fat loss will kind of be a goal. But I always think that the overarching goal should be bigger than just a number. It should mm. be about how you want to feel and what you want to do as yep. well. And, and when you kind of put that into context, it does mean that you do then have to think beyond that as well, uh, which is always always a useful thing to do. Yeah, that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So if, we, if we're looking at it from a, you know, something that we do with our plans is is ensuring that you are improving your energy levels, making sure that your digestion is good, making sure that you're kind of focusing, if you are kind of losing weight from a health first perspective, in a health focused kind of manner, what obviously some of the benefits of eating the seasons and eating seasonally, you know, is something that we've kind of talked about on our social media before. And I think you looked into a couple of studies. So if someone is trying to kind of like say, lose a bit of weight, should they be focusing on um, eating seasonally? Like eating the things that are in season, is there any benefits to it? So in terms of the research, there's very limited research in terms of um, eating seasonally to kind of help with fat loss. But there's a small amount of evidence to suggest that it may be beneficial from a health point of view. Mm. And on top of that, also a sustainability point of view, which we'll come to afterwards yeah, yeah. in kind of fat loss here as well. But the basically just, I mean, they, they did a study uh, looking at, they didn't look at kind of changes. They just basically followed the intake of 
older adults in Turkey is probably the biggest one that I found. So this was back in kind of 2018. Um, and they just tracked intake across 65 year olds or older adults in Turkey. And um, they looked at their intake throughout the whole year, essentially. And they did find that intake was greater um, within winter in both males and females. Um, and they found that kind of like carbs, vegetable protein, um, and a ton of that also increased in winter, which I thought was quite interesting because vegetable protein, one of the kind of the most common source of that that we see is from like beans and legumes and stuff like that, which in winter tend to be those kind of warming, hearty sort of yeah. dishes. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting to see that vegetable protein increased there and not necessarily in summer. And that kind of matches, I guess, the way that we eat naturally with heat and stuff like that. And I think coming back to kind of the point of fat loss and health, if you're eating fruits and vegetables that are in season, more often than not, they're going to be a little bit more nutrient dense. Yeah. Uh, you don't necessarily have to. It's one of those where like, if you're not eating stuff that's, that's, that's out, if you're eating stuff that's out of season and then you're still going to be able to meet your requirements, you're still going to be hit, able to eat your macros, your micros, you're still going to eat a really kind of healthy balanced diet. And, um, but it can be a little bit easier to get stuff that is uh, local seasonal. And that's only going to be a good thing for the planet as well on that sustainability aspect. Yeah. hundred um, percent. Yeah, um, I think you make a really good point there that you're, yes, it's slightly superior if it can be done, but what you shouldn't do is get so hung up on eating seasonally that you then don't include the foods that potentially aren't in season. Like eating those that potentially have been imported or are not in season, and we're very lucky in the UK that we do have access to most things most of the year, you know, that maybe you don't have it in such as you know countries especially australia you know places like that that is a little bit more seasonal i think it's still a fundamental that you need to be including a a, a diverse range and mainly is from mainly it's the seasonal thing in terms of vegetables really like protein sources and, and carbohydrate sources don't really you know go into season as much but it's more the vegetable and, and that type of thing like you said, you, the, the principle is to make sure that you are eating at diverse amounts. And if you can prioritize things that are in season, I think that's a sensible strategy to be able to do. Because like you said, there will be slightly more micronutrient density. There'll be slightly, probably, I've done it definitely, like a better taste, you know, a better flavor profile in there. You know, I find this with tomatoes sometimes when, and, and you know, particularly kind of like berries, you know, in Kent, a massive like, bit, you know, when they're in season, in Ken, like the berries are fantastic. And outside of that, they, they don't really taste that much. So those types of things, I think you can kind of prioritize and it's just being a little bit aware of it. And like you say, that feeds into, it doesn't have to be fat loss. That's just general nutrition strategies of improving your health and getting that nutrient density is definitely something that we encourage. Sure. So, you know, let's say changing through the seasons, I think, it, I think it's a nice thing because we know that a diverse diet helps with you know, a diverse amount of polyphenols, antioxidants, micronutrients. You know, it's nice to include a diverse diet from a from a gut kind of perspective as well. So not just eating the same things for 365 days, days a year. It is a nice thing to increase your kind of gut microbiome diversity by including different foods in there. So if you can, you know, branch out from the, the normal things every now and then and include things that are in season, I think that's a very sensible strategy. Would you agree? definitely it's one of those as well where our knees will change a little bit with the season as well i mean the the biggest one that we kind of think about is vitamin d in yeah. winter and autumn and that kind of thing so that one is kind of less of a 
food related thing because we know kind of how hard it is to get vitamin D from food and we know that it's because of kind of the sunlight thing so it kind of leads on quite nicely almost into should we periodize supplementation over the seasons and should we target different kind of supplements as this seasons change as well and I think there's a couple that you definitely should and there's a couple that obviously kind of year round you should be going for and the main one that we've already mentioned there is vitamin D yeah. where um, there's 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 no issue taking vitamin D year round. That's probably something that most people should do, especially kind of if you work in an office and you don't kind of get out in the middle of the day, even yeah. through sort of spring and summer, that kind of thing. And, but it's one that people should definitely be taking autumn, winter, and potentially even up in the dose off, I think, supplement wise. Yeah. And then there's a couple more that kind of like even just thinking about winter and almost cold and flu season. There's no harm in upping maybe a supplement dose of something like a greens powder or that kind of thing at times when you know that people get more real because it's colder outside, that kind of thing. As for sort of performance-based supplements, creatine, beta-alanine, that sort of thing, I wouldn't necessarily periodize based on the seasons, but coming back to Liam's Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4, it's worth looking at kind of goals there and looking at potentially taking beta-alanine in particular. I reckon creatine year-round have at it, basically. Um, but beta-alanine, that kind of thing, if one of your goals in one of those quarters, like Liam's laid out, is to do with a little bit more kind of performance-based, a little bit more maybe at the higher intensity side, then periodizing beta-alanine, that kind of thing, could be super useful. Yeah. Maybe even, how, what are your thoughts on omegas, periodizing omegas as well? Because I almost, the way that I see it is I will take omegas kind of year-round and I'm more kind of change the dose so up the dose if ever there's anything i need to with regards to sort of recovery that could be something that you could potentially plan for as well i guess and like if you know that one of your quarters you're hitting a big heavy training load then it could be worth looking at cool well i'm going to plan to up it regardless of how i'm feeling sort of thing is that something you thought about yeah definitely to yeah, to start on the amigas there i think your strategy of having a kind of low maintenance dose year round is very sensible of all of the blood work that i've done and i've said this multiple times it's very challenging to get enough or adequate omegas for the lifestyles that most of us live you know in this modern day so i think that supplementing with an omega is a very sensible strategy for health and exercise performance exercise recovery so I do think that you should align that with your training load so the underlying dose is more from a health perspective and then the higher amounts should be correlated to, like you say, your output, your training, you know, what you're asking your body to do. So if you're maybe prepping for the marathon, you know, you could increase your dose when your volume starts to go up. If you're prepping for a training event, such as a CrossFit event or Turf Games or whatever, uh, High Rocks, then they say you're training program will peak at certain points and i think you should correlate just like you correlate and training you know and periodize your training program you should be periodizing and, and changing your nutrition to align with this and that comes with nutri- with supplementation as well and i think from an amiga spe- pers- perspective i think that that would be a very sensible strategy to to implement mate so what you're done what you're doing there i i would echo for everyone the other side of things in terms of periodizing supplementation, it's it's like most things. Like you will kind of do things such as training year round. The type, the intensity, the volume, you know, your focus will adapt. And I think it 
it doesn't need to like it's, for me it doesn't need to be like right Q1's done I'm going to switch up and do an Ironman now Q2's done I'm going to switch up and do High Rocks like it, it doesn't need to be so varied but I think having some form of like you said umbrella over the that that kind of area to kind of just give you a little bit of like guidance and, and, and like kind of not a north star to focus on but something to that well, I'm working towards this and, and this is what I need to align my food choices, my training choices, my lifestyle choices to, to, to help me to get towards that. I think it's a really powerful thing. And I think then it, what it allows you to do is align everything to that. So if I'm focusing on more endurance or more running or more aerobic capacity because I've built a really nice strength foundation in the first three months of the year, I can then include nitrates. I can include more carbohydrates. I can potentially remove, I don't know, beta alanine because I'm going to do a slightly more kind of lower intensity, kind of longer runs. So automatically having this focus is easier for me to adjust what I'm doing from a nutrition perspective and lifestyle perspective, rather than just being, which I think a lot of people do, and I've been guilty of this in the past, is just wing it. It's just be like, I don't know, yeah, just kind of turn up training and yeah, that's it. Like you say, you don't have to have this big goal. And we spoke about Tom McClure, our coach, who has these massive goals and he does all of these events and he works towards it. And it's like, right, what's on to the next one? For me, as long as I have this umbrella now, I think it gives you a thing and it gives you a bit of focus, but I think a lot of people can, it can help them to guide their nutrition. So this kind of big scary term of periodizing your nutrition and training and, and supplementation it can kind of be a little bit easier because you just align it to, like you say, your your focus for what you're doing. And it doesn't need to be focused for training. Like you say, it can be focused for body composition. It could be focused on anything. So I do think that's a sensible thing for for a lot of people to, to try to implement. Yeah. I think also you mentioned training and body composition there. It can also be focused on life. Yeah, that, yeah, and mate, 100%. how your life changes with the seasons as well. We all kind of know that summer tends to be not a great time. Although everyone wants to get shredded for summer, it tends to be not a great time for training and stuff like that because you've got so much going Social on, especially holidays. like yourself. <laughs> if, you've got, uh, if you've got little ones, it's school holidays. That's tough to get stuff done, right? So yeah. um, You're absolutely right, mate. It's always interject there, but you're, you're absolutely on the money there. It doesn't have to be training focus, and it goes down to trying to do things at the the, the wrong times and, and, and this is where i see a lot of people fail with any goal that they set like if you've got two kids three kids one kid even and they've got the summer holidays it's really hard to do other things because your your focus is on them for that six or eight weeks or however long it is so trying to like and normally like i say there's, there's social events there's more opportunities to kind of eat you know off plan so dieting or, or making huge changes with your body composition or any goal i think is very challenging in that period so again that that might be a focus for that kind of like you know two months three months where you're just looking at more of a maintenance you're more just like right can i just kind of keep things ticking along but i have the capacity to be able to really focus on my work or really focus on my sleep or really focus on my you know i've got the kid you know the kids at home can I improve my food choices generally? Can we, we, can we as a family focus on this? Like you say, so I think that that's a really sensible thing. What a lot of people do and fail is because they try to do these things at the wrong times. You know, maybe going back to eating in the seasons when we naturally eat a little bit more and people dieting in leading into yeah. Christmas. And then like, this isn't the time. 
while people worrying about when they what they eat when they on holiday i'm like this is not the time to worry about this like you should be doing all of the work when you're sitting in the office five days a week for four weeks in a row and there's there's you know there's less you know opportunity to eat out all of the time etc etc that's that's probably a poor example but you get what i mean so yeah, I think I think you're right, mate. It doesn't always need to be kind of training focused. And like I said, the goals that I've set aren't always all, all training focused. So I, I think that that's a kind of sensible thing to be able to do. Going on to the supplementation side or nutrition side, you say if if it's if you feel that you have like a work or a you know self improvement goal or whatever, you know, and then you might want to include some form of like nootropics or you might want to include some form of kind of adaptogens to help with stress management or sleep supplementation. Or, you know, you focus on what you're eating in the evenings to improve your, you know, that, that, that routine to improve your sleep quality. So, you know, if you're listening to this and thinking about it, like it doesn't always have to be body composition focus. You could like say that everything that we talk about can be kind of fed in and used, you know, with a lot of kind of carryover and crossover. And, and I think if you can like say, just map it out, I think it's a very useful strategy. So and I know you've, we spoke, I think, on a previous podcast of your goals for 2024. What, what have you put in place? What actions have you put in place, mate, in, in January to, to work towards snatching yeah, so, 100 kilos and doing other things? Like, what, So obviously, it's set, good setting goals, but you've got to put actions in place, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's quite nice, really, that my, my initial goals of this year are almost like a carry-on of last year. Cause, well, it's not nice because I got ill and didn't get them. But it kind of yeah. worked quite nicely in that if we're talking about the seasons again, the winter months traditionally are when a lot of people kind of do some bulking. And I, I'm not bucking that trend this at time. So it's quite nice that my, my initial goals, kilo powerlifting total, then obviously that kind of 100 kilo snatch. And so I'm boxing off the, the powerlifting first and then looking towards kind of the snatch side of things. Uh, but it means that I can just kind of pick things up where I left them. So yeah. um, back on training a decent amount each. So three times a week on the strength side of things and then a couple of sort of supplementary accessory sessions as well. Food-wise, I'm back up to lot of calories and my structures back in place which Good. is always kind of a make or break thing so i will always just breakfast lunch snack, dinner snack so i'm having sort of six feeding points across the day almost yeah. um, and that's a nice thing to fall into it means i'm not struggling with the battling against the winter months when we kind of naturally yeah. want to eat more because i'm eating a little bit more yeah. um but it's i've got kind of some of the goals kind of mapped out as well and i'll similar to kind of yourself i've got them sort of dated and then we'll always kind of do the more niche intricate workings out of putting stuff in place closer to that time yeah. um so sort of one of them is another so the, the, the main goals are 500 kilo powerlifting total 100 kilo snatch and then a sub one hour 25 half marathon that was it i couldn't remember the last which one is, that he said yeah. yeah yeah which which will be big that'll be big that'll be tough um, but I'm going to focus on that when it starts getting nice outside. So it's one of those where there you, go. Like you sort of said, because I, we've, in our building, we've obviously got a treadmill downstairs and I despise it though. I despise inside. It's, it feels wrong to me. So that's, that's a focus that I've laid out for however yeah. many months down the line. And that'll be one where I'll put, I, I know kind of when I'm going to be aiming to do it so I can work back and look, okay, well. I know that 12 weeks out, I'm going to be doing this. So I need to implement this, this, and this. And yeah. it's not fully mapped out yet because I've got time, but I kind of know in my head when it'll be, which obviously means that I can change things and it's not a big shock to the system. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, th I think there's a lot, I think there's a lot to be said for 
not over planning, but having like, you know, I don't know a good analogy, but basically kind of putting yourself on the right road and not necessarily worrying about kind of when you get, I mean, you put dates in the thing. For me, I'm like, I'm on that road, but I know I haven't got a set to kind of be like, right, I need to hit certain numbers. And I think sometimes that's all that's needed for a lot of people to kind of just get that, you know, refocus. I think if I start setting goals, I kind of put way too much pressure on. Whereas mine is I need to hit five sessions a week. So like, I know that if I do that, I will make progress because I was so sporadic rather than being like, I have to hit 150 kilos on my back squat. Like that's, it's too much pressure because I haven't been training. Right. It was if I just turn up five days a week and do the work, I know that I'm going to be making progress. And then maybe in Q3 or Q4, I can start to set these little kind of goals. And I think a lot of people either don't set or don't have this, like say umbrella over a certain period of time or they set way too kind of like way too what's the word they're too strict with the goal that they set and they put way too much pressure on and then this is ends up causing them to you know kind of rebel against that and then they just like oh well i'm you know i'm not i'm all or nothing and if i can't there then i'm just gonna sack everything off so i i think that you know your approach is great because it's also very refreshing to hear people not kind of not having to start something completely new and just kind of in a continuation, you know, and I think sometimes January can just be that little bit of a refocus yeah. rather than a overhaul. So I think that's a, that's a nice way to approach it. Definitely. And then like I say over the seasons, over, over the, over the year, you're then probably, like you say, trying to do the run and do the lift and all of this at the same time. If you didn't periodize it and change over the seasons, you would fail. Without. you know like that that that's again something that is very common people want to do everything um and unless you're tom mcclure actually, unless you're tom mcclure who can do everything so uh yeah to be more like tom basically that's the january uh, you know i think be more like tom is i think is, is a january hashtag i think actually be less like tom is yeah advice for most people i can't um, be like tom this is my thing like i can't be like it unless i got up at 3 a.m and trained till five when the kids get up no i just don't know how i would ever fit it in but yeah it's, it's, it's great stuff going on to like, kind of finishing up and, and last bit on from my side on eating through the season like i really big this year and it's kind of let's say a continuation of what we always kind of focused on is making sure that people are being very aware of their mainly their fruit and vegetable intake, their nutrient de- like the nutrient density of their diet, regardless of their goal. Okay, across the year, like the reason why we bang the drum of this so much is because more micronutrients equals better health, better recovery, you know, better antioxidant profile, um, better longevity, all of these things, and it's within your control to be able to do this, like include different colors in your diet, include, like you say, that diverse, have a baseline intake, very similar to what you talked about in supplementation. You have a baseline in- intake and then a couple of times a week, you might include something new, a new vegetable for a couple of weeks, a new fruit, mixing up berries to kiwis or grapes, you know, and, and it's something that you might not necessarily always use, but I think it's very a, a sensible strategy 
regardless of your goal. Okay, so even if you're trying to get bigger, try and get stronger, trying to improve your performance, like you know, calories matter, but micros matter as well. And if you can include the most amount of micros for the calories that you're eating, you're going to see better results rather than, like I say, just focusing on on numbers. And I do think that being aware of 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 that across the year, I think, is a very is a really powerful thing to to focus on. The other thing is that you mentioned a greens powder. I do think a greens powder is a sensible strategy. Like you say, at certain times, potentially when you increase your training volume, you might want to kind of get 500 grams and use like one, you know, like one kind of like pouch of it for a certain amount of time. We know that, you know, if your training volume increases, potential impact to your immune system. We find a lot of people get sick going into an event, out of an event you know, their, their training volume or their exercise capacity, you know, their exercise intensity goes up. So that might be something. But again, food first, focus on, I say, that nutrient density. And for me, it's just making these small changes. I think that, that that would be a really, really kind of sensible focus point or something that you should be taking away from this podcast of how to change it across the across the year is to, is to say, just have that little step back and a bit of awareness rather than being like, I can only eat blackberries in, October because that's when they're in season. You yeah. know, like you can you can periodize things across the year. So cool. Good stuff. Anything else you want to finish up on that on that, mate? I think I think that's a pretty comprehensive goal setting. Nutrition across the year. Kind of focus. Yeah, no, I've got not nothing else. I think we've covered a lot that. Um so it sort sort of started off as a nutrition for the seasons and I think more became a periodization how to approach your nutrition throughout the year yeah. kind of a thing which i think is super useful and hopefully people will agree and get a ton from but no i think that was really good yeah we have some exciting episodes planned up luke's done some some excellent stuff in terms of planning out we've got research review coming up on, on kind of a maximum amount of protein meal which is going to be good yeah really really recent study we've got maintaining muscle mass in the deficit we've got an episode of fasting so it's going to be really, really nice like mapped out over the next few episodes so if you aren't subscribed please hit the subscribe button share it with your, with your friends family and else that you hang out with uh, that you find useful and, and as we spoke about in another episode it's nice to kind of scroll back like I think scroll back to some of the earlier episodes you know, we've got someone on dieting we've got someone kind of getting super lean we've got workout nutrition you know it's definitely something that i've been doing with other podcasts that have got you know quite a lot of episodes just to go back and look at some of them because there's some real games in there so again thank you so much for your support hope this has been helpful luke mate thank you so much for joining me and guys we'll catch you on the next episode hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.